So good morning everybody. Nice to see such a lovely crowd here. Um, that's good. Uh, so yeah, my name is Minna and this is my husband Petri, for those of you who haven't met us before. We've been part of um, Wellspring Community Church from the very beginning. Uh, remember hearing about it first at Common Ground Church and um, got excited about the thought and it's been a lovely journey with you guys um, and we personally are still in denial we're not going anywhere <laughs> Peter, Peter was lying <laughs> we are here for many more seconds <laughs> lots and lots of seconds and minutes and days and even weeks yeah. and we are um, so we have four children uh, who all live in Europe at this point three in Finland one in Austria our eldest son Jesse is here today. He's, he's been with us for is it about two months, which has been wonderful. Um, and he's flying back this afternoon, actually. So um, yeah, our move back to Finland will happen in March sometime. So so that's sort of the context that we are in. Uh, I was going to tell you a story, you know, sometimes you hear preachers talk about the church down the road and usually that church is doing something more or less worse than we are, right? And I was reading my mom's post on Facebook and she was telling a story that I, I think quite a few of you have heard me already tell in a previous preach um, about the time when when I was a child about six years old and we were, my parents were missionaries in Ethiopia, we were on our way back to Addis Ababa, about 30 kilometers outside of the city. We had, all the mission cars were quite run down, so this particular, particular Land Rover also ran out of petrol. And I remember my dad saying that the only thing we can do now is pray because there were robbers on the road and there was a curfew by which time you needed to be home and it was getting dark. And, um, and I read in my mom's post that she said that my dad, after the prayer, he tried starting the car thrice, and on the third time, the car started and we drove home. And the next day, morning, I remember hanging out with my dad, and he went to the car, and he was putting uh, like a piece of string, like cotton, into the tank. And I asked him why he was doing that, and he said he wants to see if it comes out dry and it did come out dry. There was not a drop of petrol in the tank. And so then my, my mom's um, story on Facebook uh, continues. And this is where we actually um, um, testify that the church down the street might actually also have some things in place. Because my mom went to a fellow Pentecostal missionary in Ethiopia the, uh, some, a little while after this event happened and told this lady that, you know, we drove for 30 kilometers without petrol. And this lady said, well, I drove for four kilometers without the complete tank. But when I got home and started pouring petrol into my car, uh, my feet got wet because the whole tank was missing. So the Pentecostals have even more uh, faith than the Lutherans. <laughs> so, um, yeah. This is, this is us today. I'm wondering if I must just say a word of prayer before. <clears throat> so Lord, we thank you that we can be here and know that you are in the midst of us. 
We ask for your presence, your guidance, and for you to speak to each one of us in your special way, Lord, because you you care for each one and you watch over each one here. So we thank you for what you are doing and we thank you for who you are. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, thanks, Nidnam, and um, welcome from my part as well. So I'm Petri, and um, yeah, we'll we'll do this a little bit like a tag team. This is the special deal Sunday, two teachers for the price of one um, kind of thing. But our because of our situation after 20 years here, and in fact, Mina used the term going back to Finland, but it's not really back because we've been here longer than we've ever lived in the country that we hold a passport for. We've been much longer in South Africa than we've ever lived in Finland. Including our childhood in Ethiopia, we've been much longer in Africa than we've been in Europe. So oh, it, is, it is a bit of a tough time and journey and change, and in fact that's what we'll be talking about. Change as a, as a topic, and what does God want to say to us in that kind of situation? How do we face it? Um, what, what does God say? What do we learn from being in a phase and situation like that? And uh, even when it hurts. So, um, but before going to the five points, um, I'll, I'll just want to go back for a minute to last week. Remember, those of you who were here, we Linton talked about restoration, right? Which was, um, yeah, restoration and bringing something new. And uh, the verse we we chose just just to start off with is Isaiah from Isaiah 43, very famous passage in, 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 the, um, in the scriptures about change and you forget the former things do not dwell on the past see I am doing a new thing now it springs up do not perceive it I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland but when thinking about that on the other hand you know especially the first bit over there forget the past yeah there's an aspect of that but really from last week's preach if you remember renewal restoration is on also building on the so it's not only forgetting the past yeah sure there are elements of that when we need to let go and uh, move on but on the other hand the really beautiful image that stuck into my mind of last week was that one of uh, uh i think it's called kintsugi the japanese art of taking pottery that's broken and putting the pieces together with gold in between famous Japanese art form and the end result is actually more valuable and beautiful than the original putting pieces together in fact what we shared this week in our cell group Jill sends a really nice uh, um, um, article about the same thing about renewal about restoring it was also in the newsletter it was in the newsletter mm. <laughs> I'm sure I read it <laughs> anyway uh, the 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 was going in, in that article the the word renewal and re renewing renewing again and again and again and then there was a verse from Jeremiah 30 which said the city will be rebuilt on her ruins so again the same concept of when we go forward when there's change it, it whatever was before it was there for a reason and that can be used in the next phase I think it's a really really beautiful concept and um, Yes, with that, we shall launch into the five points of, of the topic, and I'll turn over to Mina. Um, 
I feel like commenting, but I already am aware that we are going to talk for long, so we better not add anything extra. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the, the, the first thing that we, we think is important in the facing change is trusting in God. And um, thinking of the transfiguration in, in the story in Mark 9, verse 2, where it says that after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. So the temptation for disciples was that, you know, we're feeling good right here, let's stay here, let's settle and never leave this place. And when I was complaining to God about moving some years ago, which we have done quite often in the past, I felt that God said that one needs to be ready to move on and upward. This may not be a physical getting up and going somewhere else for most of us, but I think that this idea has significance, that God does not sit still, but he constantly has new things that he is doing. He moves us, he moves our thoughts, our thinking patterns, our circumstances, he moves our situations, and his desire is to build us up for the next moment, the next day, the next month, the year. And the next growth for us might be in confidence or skills or resilience or new people or places and things that he has prepared for us. And he doesn't want us to stay still and not be active. I'm remembering a picture that a friend had for me. Um, I probably have shared this with some, some of you also, that she said that she saw a flute at a point where I felt in life that I didn't know which direction to go, what to do next. And she said that God blows through that flute. So the wind through the flute is God's air, but I need to move the fingers. So change is a natural part of life and we need to know what God is doing and we need to understand what our part in it is. And, um, but it can be challenging to know what God's purpose is. That it might not always make sense what God is doing in our lives, but he has promised to make all things work for the good of those who love him. And so when I struggle with what's going on and can't make sense of things, I remind myself to trust God that he is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do and that all that he's asking of us is to trust and obey so we've lived on four different continents and leaving a place has always been difficult for me and um, i can sense that it is very difficult for Petri also this time and yeah we made sure we have tissues right <laughs> So when, when we were leaving the U.S. quite a while back, I had a sense of God saying that, look back, only to thank me, because I was feeling like I want to hold on to what I've had and I need to stay there, that that's where I stay happy. But he, he wanted me to look back and, and be thankful 
and to that was comforting for me because all of a sudden it sort of clicked for me that what God had done in my life, He had grown me and He had taught me new things and He, he had prepared me for what's next. And um, and that was that was the comfort. That it was encouraging that more growth and more learning was to come, even if it was painful to think of the move and the change. And I think it's God's heart that he is always doing a new thing as we were reading in the Isaiah scripture. And as we face change, it's easy to feel fear, but I don't let fear control me because that can then keep me in place and be stuck in a situation that might be, in, in our case, it could be a toxic relationship that you are stuck in or a difficult situation that you feel that you are obligated to stay in, but you are f scared to get out of. You know, it can be any kind of situation that we feel that we are fear is holding us in that place. But if we if we operate our life through love, you know, what is God's love prompting me to do in this space? That's where the the change happens more easily when you know that this is God's way is um, to let love control me and not fear. Okay, as Mina's moving to the next next point, let me just briefly give two practical <laughs> examples of change where, yeah, just, just kind of two sub-points. One, one is that we can sometimes make change more difficult for us, and one is my pet sin being last moment, last minute, everything. I just don't know how to plan things in between, uh, you know, in, in, in. Mina's very organized. Those of you who know her, she's very organized. I'm the kind of the opposite end of, end of things. One example is, you uh, mentioned that we were in US a long time ago, and in fact we moved there when our Jesse, who's now like this tall, he was this tall. So we had we had a toddler and a baby, we moved to US, and uh, a couple of suitcases, we landed in Boston, and we were like, I mean, yeah, I was like, okay, right, um, what now? <laughs> Oh, it just, yeah, yeah. We've learned since a little bit too, too. We had accommodation planned for the first four nights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those were, yeah, anyways. What we all, it, it, it went well and all of that, but it's kind of repeated. So, yeah, so I'm not very good in change in the sense that I don't plan. I just put everything to, and that's why we haven't really done anything about March. Okay, but, but then the other point I want to make, and I think it's an important one, that change is, people take it differently, and what's, significant for one person is not for another you know something is big deal for somebody something is a smaller deal for somebody and it's all very personal and uh, good example was just a couple of days ago I I had a moment <laughs> Jurgen Klopp resigned as the Liverpool coach and uh, and I see already people don't, who don't want to hear it and and this was and this is for many people this is a silly thing but I you know I was sitting on a stoop and and, and of course you know Mina can't understand this but it's I thought it was going on forever oh no we're, we're doing so great and of course we hopefully still are but it's just an example of what's important for somebody and how you you know it, it touched me in a way that it probably doesn't touch many other people <laughs> okay but we'll move uh, but yeah so change is different for different people I did ask him, help me understand the tears, and he said, this is the end of a season, and that I understood, yes. So I'm sorry for all the Liverpool supporters. <laughs> yeah. 
So the, the second point in, in facing change is grab hold of life with direction and destination. Grab hold of life with direction and destination. That when we are facing change, the encouragement is for us to reflect on our core values and seek to align our lives with God's purpose for them. So when Petri was headhunted now recently for the job in Finland, I began to prayerfully think about, you know, looking for work too on that side and part of me felt so daunted and exhausted that I thought that I'll just look for the easiest, easiest job somewhere, like a, for, in my case that would have been like a factory where I can just stand and, you know, put, move the stuff along the belt and not think and not engage and, you know, that kind of work was my first initial response to the overwhelmingness of it all. But as I thought more and more about what's important in going to a new place, um, it's whether whether I would be working or not was the question of who am I and what kind of gifting has God placed me, in me? What is my direction and my destination in my life? And um, and realizing that that you know if you are sorry, Petri's laptop is different to mine. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so, if so, so the thinking of what what is your values, what is your gifting that God has placed in you? That what are you good at serving others, or do you notice if someone is feeling low, or are you good with numbers or good with words, or uh, do you see strengths in other people? Uh, those are all meant to be used. So I felt that the giftings that that I have and see in myself, and that other people have pointed in me, I thought that they would point me in the direction of, of not being a factory worker but um, but more in a place of encouraging and showing compassion for people and their mental and spiritual journeys to walk alongside people like that so um, so, so at around that same time when I was thinking about that I saw an opening for work in the church context among foreigners and refugees which I then applied for so yeah, that's where I sort of saw the the direction and destination of what are my giftings point me towards the right direction of actually moving the fingers on the flute and not staying frozen in fear. Yeah, so on on, on that purpose um, aspect, this is like a little spin-off uh, from 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 this topic. This is something that came to my mind when. When um, Mina was reading earlier a couple of days ago that that section of of um, on the mount mountain when Jesus had that Elijah Moses and then the disciples wanted to stay there and that whole thing of do we want to stay here do we not do we don't do we not I remember the verse in Hebrews somewhere where there's a, this list of heroes of uh, faith and then at, then at some point it says that they knew that they were not they were foreigners and strangers on this earth they didn't quite reach what the destination was but they were moving that but that that then reminded me of this topic of this tension and remember there's so many tensions that we have in our in our faith you know from from and they've been talking about that in different series over the years as well you know all the way from you know jesus being fully man fully god uh, from that we are saved purely by grace but on the other hand there's an element of us working working as well and all, all of this there's many things that are intention and this one of those tensions to me is this on the other hand we are not of this earth right we are kind of passing through 
but on the other hand, we are fully here, and actually, literally so. I mean, those of you who know me, uh, this, this is my the work I do. I study the universe and try to figure out how it works, and we literally are part of this universe and this earth. Every single atom that we made of was made inside a star, is part of a generation of stars and planets, and we're just so intimately part of this world that it's absolutely unbelievable and ingenious at the same time. And then also also that we're not of this world, but then think of Jesus. Did he give the attitude of, oh, you know, I don't really care, I don't, I don't belong here. No, he was intimately involved in everything. He was trying to kind of fix, well, fix is maybe the wrong word, but he was involved in people's lives, relationships, and in the system. Brandon, I think, who is not here today, he's spoken many times, shown us this image of the, of the structure of the society, how, how you know, there's the power and, the, you know, all the, all the layers and how we build the system which is actually flawed because there's a fall happened, the society is broken, and we are called to actually be part of restoring it into a, a, a way that God works and how Jesus wants the world to be. Caring, not, not based on power and authority and, you know, brutal power, but, but actually relationships. So, um, yeah, about that purpose. From, from my context of where I come from, what, what I do for work, it, it's just so important to me that we have this mandate, the original mandate of God, take care of this world, and not only, you know, in the sense of, uh, you know, saving the whales, that's definitely one part of it, but also the relationships, also the power, also being part of society in a way that we make impact. And that's one of the things that we both of us we really love of, love this community for that there is a sense we want to belong to the society not be outsiders on the fringes but be part and you know what we just heard from uh, from uh, you know being part of a life group life groups different ones different kinds we did the course uh, term alpha I, I was part of with guys in the in the alpha as well and and then all these different kinds of things being serving the mandate of the God, even though it's a fallen world, but the mandate still is the same. We are there to steward this planet in all the possible ways, the, the, the kind of the, the material and the spiritual and everything in between. And it's difficult because of the fall, but the mandate is still there to, to, to be here, home on this planet, home in this universe, uh, while at the same time having a home in eternity. Okay. So, so yes, so grab hold of the direction and destination and trust God. And then a third point um, that we thought of was to f focusing on character development when you're facing change. That's um, the importance of developing strong character traits such as resilience and humility, patience. Um, can be valuable qualities in, in times of change because emotions can get hold of you and um, things being out of the normal ordinary pace can often throw us off keel. But if we focus on um, strengthening ourselves, uh, that, that is quite an important part. And um, 
sometimes what happens is that, I, as I was already talking about getting stuck, that if we place our hope or our joy in a person or a place or a thing, it can also stop our growth process. So I'm not saying that the healthy connections are not necessary, that we do need each other, but to lean on God first and then to grow together in seasons that we find ourselves in. So if we think of Jesus when he was on earth, that he went back to heaven fairly quickly after he had just arrived. I'm sure the disciples felt a bit um, startled, like, how come so soon? But in John 16, 78, Jesus says, it is profitable and good and advantageous for me to go away. Because if I did not go away, the comforter or the helper, advocate, intercessor, strengthener would not come. Those are all the qualities of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a more precious of a gift for us than Jesus being physically present. And the Holy Spirit is also the one that um, helps us grow in our character. And, and therefore my encouragement is for all of us to keep seek, seeking and knowing the Holy Spirit more and listening to Him more. And we are going to have an opportunity also at the end of the service today to to do a little bit of that kind of a listening. And um, so the Holy Spirit is our guide in our character development. Uh, all of us have weaknesses, like some might be more prone to pessimism, like that used to be a huge weakness for me. I always felt like things are gonna go badly in any case, and I was scared of what's ahead, and it's not gonna go well, and it was a very strong, um, weakness for me and it still does cause me trouble and internal battles at times but to some people their weakness might be lying or gossip or being manipulative but it's not which which one is better or worse but it's the fact being that we are all in the same line of being sinners we all have our own weaknesses but the way that the Holy Spirit works is to point out these shortcomings in a in a gentle way he says, it's okay, hey, I'm here to help you grow. You are loved, you are accepted, you are a child, and being a child means that you are still growing. And I will teach you to walk in his ways. This is what the Holy Spirit says. And there is grace for us. So our job is then to grow in awareness and strength and to find tools in overcoming the weaknesses and become more mature when we are facing change. So the Holy Spirit helps us in our vulnerable places and helps us grow stronger and more resilient. Thanks, and then, um, okay, briefly on the fourth point, because I think this is something that we've talked about already, but on community and the importance of community and support and relationships in change. And uh, I was thinking of that one of the early memories of my life when this became important was um, um, so so Mina mentioned already that she grew up in Ethiopia and I did actually as well. My parents were also missionaries, so we met when we were very small. But when the time came, I, at the time my family lived in this little dingy, dusty gold mining town in the south of Ethiopia. There was a Marcus revolution going on. There was a lot of violence, and you know we would hear gunfire all the time and it was kind of scary times for a little little kid so I was a six-year-old and then I started school and I had to go to another another place for school there was a teacher there and um, 
the parenting was very hard for me. In fact, Mina has been reading my mom's letters from that time, and yeah, I, I suffered. But then what happened was that my parents sent my little sister with me. She was, didn't go to school yet, but just my little sister coming with me to that other town, staying with me for the five days that I had to stay with another family, helped me. Only that. And I probably at the time wouldn't have admitted it. <laughs> but it clearly helped because from the letters it says that yes, okay, so now Petri doesn't, you know, he doesn't have his stomach aches anymore. He doesn't, you know, he's actually fine. He stays there and he, he's fine. So that little friendship community, being together with somebody, that, that does help us in, in, in communities. And yeah, I, I talk about life groups already and the many things we do in our church. And oh yeah, Mina found this uh, quote from, what's it? title of the book again no perfect people allowed yeah yeah i should read it as well because i know that it's one of your favorite books on no perfect people allowed and especially talks about church context uh, but there's a quote there that if churches don't connect people then we failed in the ministry of reconciliation and restoration we should be a place that connects people and creates spaces to connect people, different kinds of people. And I believe we're doing that. And again, that's why I love this community. But in the general sense as well, churches should be doing that. And uh, yeah, people long to be connected and belong to somewhere, belong somewhere. And um, yeah, that's that's how we should be doing it. And doing it, and that's what we call to. And um, yeah, I praise God for community. I'm just so, we're so blessed and privileged to have been part of it for, for so many years. Okay, shall we move to the point number five? And also, I want to say at this point that this dear darling community of ours would not have started without Steve, who is with us here today. So we thank you, Steve, for being here. Very special to see you here. Um, our fifth point is is seek God's guidance in prayer and prayer is definitely not the last thing to think of but the first thing to to engage in when change is coming um, and just want to remind you of the the scripture um, that says I think it's in James that says that the earnest pr prayer of a righteous person can can do much okay, so so that is, um, it's got, it produces wonderful results when we pray earnestly. Um, let's pray. Father, we praise you for this opportunity that we can um, come before you and ask for your presence. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place. We ask, Lord, for forgiveness of our sins. And we want to learn to depend on you, Holy Spirit. We submit ourselves to you, God, and we resist the enemy. We want to hear your voice and your thoughts. And we praise you, God, what you're going to do in this space. Well, we are your children and you are our Father. You give us good gifts. So we thank you. In Jesus' name, Amen. Okay, so next what you're doing is you choose one person to go first and if that person says it's okay the two others can put your hand on their shoulder 
And what you do is you start by saying a, a simple prayer quietly in your mind for this person. Something along the lines of come Holy Spirit. And then you will wait for about a minute. And then I will tell you when it's time to do the next thing. You can start. Okay. Bringing that sharing to a close. We are going to pray together for that person with the Lord's blessing. So you, if it's okay for the person, you can put your hand on them on their shoulder and we will pray this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Now you choose who is the next person. And then we will ask if you can put your hand on their shoulder. It's okay to also say no. And now we will quietly spend a minute or two listening. You're welcome to share if there's anything that came to your mind while you were carefully quiet. And if you didn't feel you saw or heard anything, it's fine also to say, I didn't get anything this time. Let's pray together for that person with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. And then the last person, the group, ask if you can put your hand on their shoulder. Now let's spend a couple of minutes in quiet. Okay, let's Bless this person with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, our Creator, our Savior. You really are everything, and we, we owe you our everything. Thank you so much for being both the amazing Creator and so close to us, healing us now in this situation when we talk to you, when we listen to you. Thank you for talking to us. Thank you for being part of our lives. And we ask for your <coughs> blessing for the upcoming week to, for, for all of us. Whether there's changes, no changes, let us help us learn from you. And also from the way Jesus, you were on this earth. How you were, how you related with people. We just want to be like you. It's difficult, but God, we have a helper. And thank you for that as well. Yes, we thank you for your, this community and for this time. And uh, yeah, well, hard to say anything else except thank you, God, praise you. In Jesus' name, amen.